Welcome back to Zillennials Podcast. Today on Zillennials, we're going to be chatting about our summer quarter in review. So for those of you who are new to this summer quarter in review, a lot of the times we talk about some things that have gone on in our personal lives. We also talk quite a bit about the podcast. So this is actually a great one to tune into if you are new to the podcast, because we will go back and we'll say what some of our favorite episodes, books, etc. were from this last quarter. So if you're new, then you can go and cherry pick, if you would like, the episodes or the things that we talk about. So, Leanne, what were some of your highlights from this quarter? I think my highlight and my brave act for the quarter kind of combine into one because I'm going to be starting law school at the very end of the summer quarter. And so there is a special program, pre-orientation program, for people who have typically been I guess, left out, left behind, excluded, however you want to phrase it from the legal field. So it can include a bunch of different categories such as racial and ethnic minorities, non-traditional students, which typically means older students, and then also people from lower socioeconomic backgrounds, sexual orientation, basically anything that would kind of put you in that quote, other category. And so they had this pre-orientation program for people who self-identify as one of those groups. And I thought, it was really good because it had some of the things that would be covered in regular orientation, but also it was a chance to meet people before. And this is also a program that will carry on through the year. I say it's my highlight because I got a lot of information. I'm feeling better going into regular orientation, having been exposed to the information already. But I say it's also the brave act because it involves talking to new people, which is something that kind of overwhelms me. I could definitely see that. Well, I'm glad that it seems like it's been going pretty well. How did it go overall? Was there anything that you thought was really special from your time in that orientation? Well, one thing that I thought was really funny because it was a week long and for most of the days it started with a ice breaking community building thing to start off the night. And I don't know if I mentioned it on air before, but I have like this intense reaction, negative reaction to ice breaking activities because I feel like they're just always terrible and horrible. But actually, this one was not bad at all. And I was like, out of all the icebreakers I've done is the one that I've liked the most. And I think it's because they were very specific because different days had different themes. So for example, one day was about health and mental health while in law school. And so the quote ice breaking questions were kind of related to that where I think one of them was what's your favorite place and another one was what does self-care look for you which I kind of preferred versus the ones where when you think icebreakers and they ask you to say three fun facts about yourself because with that I just sit there and stress about what a fun fact is and what isn't a fun fact and then I feel like I have no fun facts Okay, I totally relate though, because I feel like those are kind of some of the hardest icebreakers are ones that are like, tell me a little bit about yourself. Give me three fun facts. Like, I feel like it's so much easier if they ask you those more specific questions. Also, Leanne, I may steal some of these ideas for our first couple days of school. I've been trying to like think of good icebreakers for my kids, right? And so I think one of them was like, I am going to ask them like, oh, what's like a good TV or like movie that you watched recently or book that you read? Um, And then I think the other one was if you had like, let's say a million dollars, what charity or like what organization would you donate it to? Because I feel like that's one that's like, oh, it could go a lot of different ways. But like then maybe you'll see a little bit about what they're interested in. So what I thought was interesting because 
in my head, the three fun facts was what was going to come on that first day. Like I was trying to prep myself for that. But actually on the first night, the questions were your name, where you're from, what section you're in. And then I think it was what class are you most looking forward to taking? And I feel like because they were more directed, it takes the pressure off and you're like, oh, I can answer these. So did you guys answer them like in small groups or all together? Zoom breakout rooms. Oh, very nice. I like that. I feel like small groups too, it's like a lot less pressure than if you were to say it in front of like the whole entire class, you know? It kind of contrasts to the end of the night where they ended with what I think they ended up calling speed networking, where we were put in small groups again, but this time we didn't really have any guiding questions. And that was fine. Like eventually someone would start it and then would all talk and it was good. But it was slightly more awkward because there was nothing to start it off. So at the beginning, we're kind of just sitting there looking at each other's like little Zoom squares waiting for someone to say something. Cute. Oh my gosh. Ah, I love it. Well, I'm really glad that it went well. And I think starting it off with a topic like mental health is really good, especially because, you know, you guys are going to be in law school. And I feel like law school can sometimes be a little bit stressful for people. So I feel like it was nice to kind of like give you the reassurance that like, hey, you don't need to lose your sanity to be successful. Let's talk about some ways that we can keep our sanity together. That's what I think is really good about the school I picked is that you seem to put a big emphasis on mental health and kind of saying, yeah, you know, you need to study, you need to get good grades, but your health comes first. So it's a good thing I feel like for everybody to keep in mind. Definitely. What was your highlight or challenge or brave act? Well, this is like a highlight and also a brave act all rolled up into one. So I went to California to meet my boyfriend's family for the first time. We've been dating for like two or so years. But obviously, like I I couldn't go last year because pandemic and nobody was vaccinated. Whereas this year, I was vaccinated. So I felt a little bit better about going and traveling. And I felt like it could be a good time to do it. Honestly, I was really, really scared just because I didn't know what to expect because he comes from a really big family. And so I was really worried that like they were going to ask me a lot of questions. But everybody there was super nice. And it was nice because a lot of the times a couple of his siblings or like one of his siblings would take us to do one thing and then another one would take us to do like another thing. And so it seemed like it was more so like getting to know each of them on like a more one on one personal basis, which was good because I was really worried that it was going to be a lot of large groups and I would just feel like lost. So it turned out much better than what I anticipated it to turn out as. And I'm very happy that I went. That's great. I could totally see how going into that, it would be a little overwhelming because I feel like in any situation, if everybody knows each other and then you're the one person that doesn't, sometimes it's kind of hard to figure out how you can fit into that dynamic. Definitely. But it was definitely worth the trip, and I'm very glad that I had the opportunity to go. What was your favorite thing that you did? Oh, that's a tough one. Hmm. Or it could be one of the things you really liked doing. I know, I know. I'm just thinking about, like, which one I liked doing the most. So we went to go play mini golf, which was really fun, and then we also went and walked around the city. Both of those two things, I think, were probably some of my top ones, although it's really hard to pick just one because there were a lot of great things that we did there. One of his sisters, so I am like totally not a wine alcohol person at all. 
I'm really not. <laughs> but she was like, I want to set up this winery tour. So we're going to go to like three or four different wineries and we're just going to try all the wine. And I was like, okay. I turned to my boyfriend and I was like, if I can't finish the wine, you have to finish it for me. <laughs> and he was like, okay, I'll finish it for you if necessary. And so could I finish all the wine? Most certainly not. But did I try a little sip of each of them? Yes. And it was very nice. Those of you who are concerned, I am over 21. I am of legal drinking age. I think I'm kind of like you in that way where I don't drink a lot in general. Like, I know a lot of people will come back after work or something and have a glass of wine or something. I was like, that's not really me personally. Like, I'll have wine every now and then. I think mainly because it's a taste that I'm trying to acquire, but like not trying that hard, just occasionally. And sometimes, I don't know. I feel like mixed drinks are better because they taste like sugar. Okay, I 100% agree. I think mixed drinks are the best. However, white wine, I have to say, in my opinion, is better than red wine. Not that I had like a whole bunch of experience with it, but from what I can tell of my several wines that I have sampled, white wine is better. I am firmly in the white wine is better camp. Except I do like Pinot Noir, but I feel like white wine's better at least for me, because I find red wines to be very bitter. Okay, see, I feel like red wines are just like, they're very heavy. Like a white wine is like, you know, it, it reminds me of like, you know, if you have like a sparkling water or something, like it's very light. Whereas a red wine feels like eating a whole steak is like my comparison. You know what I mean? It's like red wines, while they can be very rich, at the same time, I'm like, I don't always want a red wine because I'm like, I, I struggle to even finish one glass, to be honest with you. I can see that where I think in general with wines, it just seems like I sometimes have it in the head is like, oh, I don't know, you're having pasta or something you're like I'm going to have a glass of wine with it and be fancy. And I'm drinking it. I'm like, OK, this is good. But I was like, I don't feel as fancy as I thought I would. Yeah, I don't know. Plus, I feel like so this is my thing with wine and with like beer i feel like you get wine breath or beer breath if you drink wine or beer if you drink another alcohol yes you smell like alcohol but i feel like it's not as offensive as wine or beer breath also don't think i mentioned it but i am also over 21 just to get that out of the way um yeah i don't know i just think i'm firmly in the mixed drink camp I mean, I can't blame you. I feel like mixed drinks are nice, especially like as someone who doesn't drink much because it's like you have your one, maybe two mixed drinks and then you're like, all right, that's enough for me. Like I've had my drink or drinks and then like you're like done. It's like you really get to enjoy what you're drinking then rather than like going and drinking a lot just for the sake of drinking. Also, just thinking of the price of alcohol is... Why would I go out and spend like 8 to 12 even more on a single glass of wine when I don't even enjoy it that much when I could get like a whole bottle of something I like for just a little more? Honestly, I've been thinking about just going and buying a couple of fancy drink making things just to like try making a drink or two like on my own. But I'm also like, but would I use them before they expire? The answer is probably no, I would not. <laughs> Here's another thing too. I feel like with wine and even with beer, you can go to your local liquor store, buy something you like really easy. But am I really going to go through the effort of making a mixed drink at home? Most likely not. 
That's true. I feel like, but see, I'm like, I feel like I'd like to reach that point where it's like, I know how to make several mixed drinks that are not just rum and Coke. Like, I'd like to make a mixed drink that's like, oh, this is vaguely fancy and very nice. And then you can have one on occasion if there's like a party or something, you know? Yeah. So what were some of your challenges of the quarter? I think part of the challenge, or I'd say like the first quarter went pretty well, but I think the last half of the quarter was when preparation for law school stuff was starting to ramp up. And I've started to get assignments for actually readings for like the first week of class. I had stuff to do for orientation. And then also we had podcast editing and recording to keep on top of. And I think just trying to slot it all in was a little hard because it was more than I was expecting it to be. Definitely. And for those of you who are listening, in preparation of Leon going to law school and me going back into the classroom... We pre-recorded quite a few episodes, and so for that reason, that's why it seemed even more hectic than it normally would be. And I mean, editing and making a podcast is no joke. It does take quite a bit of time. We'll probably get into it more in the future because I know we have planned an episode where we talk about how to make a podcast coming up in the winter. However, it does take a little bit more time than you would think. I remember I was talking to Mark about the podcast at one point, and he asked how long it takes gonna save the exact hours because you'll have to listen to the episode but when I told him how long it takes me to edit it he was surprised at it so I think people who just listen to podcasts don't realize how many hours go into it yeah it's a lot of time and then also making the art for it because a lot of the art Leon or I we make it by hand and by hand I mean like on program but That also takes quite a bit of time. Like, yes, you can trace some things, but also at the same time, there are some things that you need to just pull out of your brain and put onto the screen. And so it does take a little bit more time than you would think. But it is a lot of fun. I have to say that's one of my favorite things about the podcast is like it gives me an excuse and a motivation to go and make art. That's what I think, too, is like when I say it was a challenge, Yeah, it's a challenge to figure out the timing of everything, but I really like doing our own editing and doing our own art, so I feel like it's worth it. It's just, I think like you were kind of saying about how you're going back in the classroom and I'm going back to school for the first time after a bit, it's it's just going to be a bit of an adjustment period while we figure out our new schedules. Especially because I know personally, one of the things that I'm doing is I'm going to be coaching and running a club. It's like just a little bit more responsibility than I'm used to taking on for a school year, not to mention going from part-time to full-time. So I'm like a little worried to see how it'll go, but also very excited. You'll be wonderful. I certainly hope so. (laughs) What was your challenge for the quarter? Uh, My challenge was probably just pushing myself to be more social. So I'm pretty sure This entire quarter, whenever a social engagement came up, I didn't say no to a single one of them, which as an introvert is hard. And I think part of it may also be because personally, whenever I say no to someone, I feel in some respect like I'm letting them down. And so I think it's also kind of something that I have to work on. So this is a good challenge, but also like a not so good challenge. I think it was like really good because it did push me to like go and socialize more with people and like seek out that interaction, which is nice because I remember when I was in Kentucky, a lot of the times I would feel really lonely. And that's because I didn't know a lot of people there. Like I knew my roommate, I knew my boyfriend, 
I knew a couple of people at school and that was it. And so I think that was kind of challenging for me was transitioning from or even getting used to like transitioning from not having as much social contact, not only due to COVID, but also due to living in Kentucky to going like full throttle, like go to every event. So I think that's also, like I said, something that I maybe want to uh, regulate a little more. Like occasionally I can say no to things and I need to remind myself of that. However, if you are those people that I was spending time with, I just want to let you know it was a blast. I regret none of it. I think it's cool that you were pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. I think what's important for everyone to remember, and especially introverts, is to draw the line between, yeah, I want to push myself and socialize and, you know, hang out with people new or old, and then realizing when you really just can't do it. And I think part of it relating to be an introvert, but I think part of it too with going back to school and especially law school where it is, you know, in total between classes and outside work, from what I've heard and read is that it really is about a 50 to 60 hour plus maybe during final season commitment. And so I think what will be hard for me is when there's an event, not even related to like just to law school, but just like with my friends and then I'll want to do it, but then I can't because I shouldn't, but I want to. I know that feeling well, Leon. What I used to do is I used to just be like, who needs sleep? And I would go anyway. Don't do that. As much as I loved going and hanging out with those people at the same time, not worth like the four hours of sleep I was getting. <laughs> I agree with that. Keep me accountable. I'll keep you accountable. Oh, also, don't forget, we have to do that thing. Um, we talked about this on one of our previous episodes. I can't recall exactly which one. But we have to do that thing where we check in and make sure the other person is done. Everything is accomplished by 9 p.m. so that we're not working until the wee hours of the morning. I remember that. Honestly, I feel like it was our spring quarter in review. It may have been. But yes, we should figure out our cutoff time and hold each other to it. Because I agree where I feel like whatever you're staying up to do, getting the sleep is probably better for you. Not to mention that you definitely cannot function on like as high a level if you are not sleeping. Not that I know of any science to back that up, but just personal experience. Also, this is like kind of not related to healthy sleeping habits, but is generally related to health and our 2021 goals. In terms of staying healthy, I bought a bike from my friend who moved to California and I just did the test run today and I found out what route I'm going to take to ride it to work because my work is about three miles away from my house. So like even if I'm going pretty slow with like stoplights and, you know, avoiding people and not running into dogs. I found out that I can get there in 30 minutes at a very leisurely pace because I'm also like, I don't really want to be super sweaty when I get into work, but I test ran it today. I found out that I can be there in 30 minutes. And so I'm going to try to go into work, get changed at work, and then have like a set of clothes to use like for biking and then another one for work. I love that you tried it out. Also, I fully agree and do it at a leisurely pace when you're trying to time it out because Best case scenario, it takes less time. Like, it'd be worse for you to do a test run, bike your little heart out, and then on the first day of school or something, not bike as fast and then have it take longer than you expected. Yes. Hopefully it goes well. Hopefully there's not too much traffic too, because like the area that I live in is a little bit more, a uh, little bit more urban now. And so people will sometimes get grumpy if you ride on the sidewalks, which 
I have heard is something that you're only supposed to do if you're like 10, which I will do it if there's if there's nobody on the sidewalk, though. I feel like it's valid. I feel like if you're trying not to get hit, you go on the sidewalk and then when you see someone approach, you stop, you yield to them, you go in the street. What are your thoughts on this, Leanne? I think you need a petition where you live to start putting in bike lanes. We kind of have them, but we kind of don't. Like some places kind of have them. Some places the street is just like super narrow and like people park on the sides of the street. So it's like you could easily get smushed into a car like a fly. But I don't know that they're going to put bike lanes in. I don't see that happening. I think that then they would be sad because they'd give up all their parking for bike lanes. I think it's an incentive that people or that cities can use to get people to take eco-friendly transportation options. Um, I think it's one of those, what is it, like a catch-22 where it's like, the more people that ride, the more likely they'll put a bike lane in. But then to get people to ride their bikes, I feel like a lot of people would want a bike lane to do that. Yeah. My thing is like, I really don't want to get hit. I have this aggressively neon vest that I borrowed from my younger brother from his summer job. And it's literally like a construction vest. It's pretty intense. And I'm going to wear it every day so that I can bike and people will see me because I'm like, then if you if you hit me and I go to sue you because I have injuries, then hopefully I can say I had this neon vest on. I don't know how they didn't see me. And hopefully it'll also prevent me from getting hit because honestly, that is the number one goal. I just do not want to be hit by a car for their sake and for mine. You have lights, right? Nope. I have reflectors, but I don't have lights on my wheels or anything. You should get lights. I know. I've been thinking about it. Right now, it's not a big deal because it's light out when I'm going to be biking. But as it starts to get more into the fall season, it may not be so light. I think you're okay now. But before winter, I would like to see you get a... Or probably not winter because it'd be snow. But before the fall, I would like to see you get lights. Because I don't want you to get hit either. Me either. I think that that would be not good. But yeah, aside from that, other exercise has been going really well. I've been working out four times a week pretty consistently. So it's been good. I've been like meeting my goals. And I think part of that is also like, you know, it was the summer, had a part time job, was working on the podcast. So it was like not nearly as hectic as the school year can be. Yeah, all has been going well. How have you been doing with your exercise meditation? I think my exercise has been going pretty well. I'd say I've been doing four to five days a week during the first half before it got super, super hot. And then kind of in the second half of the summer, I think I've been doing more three to four days, mainly because when it's super hot, I just don't want to deal with it. And I feel like it's one of those situations where sometimes you just have to be flexible and be nice to yourself. And I figure three days is still good. Definitely. And I look at that too, and I'm like, Also, with it being so hot, if you don't have central AC in your household and you're working out at home, it can be miserable. (laughs) Honestly. Also, I don't know about where you are, but where I am, I think in June and then in late July, August, we had a couple patches where I'm not even kidding with the June one. The heat index and everything was over 100 for like four days in a row. and. Sometimes even with AC, it's just not enough and you don't want to be creating extra heat. Yeah, I feel that because same here. We had a couple days where it was over 100 degrees with the heat index where it was just disgusting out. This is why I could I don't think I could move down to the south. I mean, 
unless you guys have like the most amazing AC that I've ever seen in my life, I don't think I could do it. I feel the same. Side note, that's not related, but I feel like it's also kind of related to health is when it's hot, I don't feel like cooking. And then sometimes I make not as good eating decisions. Yeah, I could see that. Also, one of the things, and this is something that I find to be really important about exercising for me. If I don't exercise, I feel like I have a harder time making healthy food choices. It's just like, well, I'm already not exercising. So like, heck with it, (laughs) which is not a good mindset. But I do fall into that sometimes. That's how I feel with the heat. Again, with not having central air is you don't want to turn on the stove or oven if possible. And so you're kind of like, what are the random snacks in the pantry that I can raid and call a lunch? Or like, I think sometimes it's like you do just order the takeout because you don't want to heat up the kitchen. And even if it is really tasty, it does have more sodium, Mm -hmm. which isn't as good for you. Oh my gosh, my older brother recently has been obsessing over sodium. He'll be like, oh, the sodium content in this frozen food. And I look at him and I'm like, yeah, it's a frozen food. It's gonna have more sodium. And he's like, well, I just don't understand why they have so much sodium. Because it makes food taste good. I know. I'm like, he just makes me laugh. I still need to teach him how to make pizza dough from scratch. It's so easy and it tastes so good. I know. I actually made some just the other day and I stuck it in my freezer so that during the school year, if I'm like stressed out and need a meal and I'm like, I don't have time to cook, then I can just pull it out, let it rise, throw it in the oven. You reminded me my whole plan, and we'll see if this happens because I feel like I'm running out of time very quickly, is I want to meal prep a whole bunch of things. Like there's a slow cooker cinnamon apple oatmeal recipe that I use that creates so much oatmeal you are good for like at least a week. And then I want to pre-make like a whole big batch of brown rice and then like freeze half of it and just do those types of things because I want to eat healthy, but I think especially at the beginning When I'm figuring out a schedule, it might be harder to do. So if I have those things ready, it'll be better. Definitely. Like I know that I made jiaozu and I froze half a batch of jiaozu and then I have my pizza crust. And then, you know, if I have extra curry or something next time I make curry, I might freeze some of that. But it's kind of tough because you're like, you also, or at least I don't know about for you, but I always worry. I'm like, what if I don't eat it in time? And then I've just wasted all of this food and I panic. (laughs) You mean if you froze it or if you didn't freeze it? If I froze it, but like I don't use it because I'm like, oh, I don't want to use it. It's frozen. (laughs) I'm a mess. These are the things I think about. I'm like, oh, I need to freeze it so that I have extra food. But then when the time comes, I'm like, oh, but do I really need to use that now? There might be a time when I need it more. I kind of have that mindset where if let's say I make some extra rice and I freeze it and then I need rice for a recipe. A lot of times I'll feel the need to go and make a new pot of rice, even though there's frozen rice, just because I have this whole thing where I think that's my emergency rice and this isn't an emergency. Exactly. But okay, I feel like it's fine to go and use your emergency stash. It is okay. And I think I need to just keep reminding myself of that because every time that I need it and I'm like stressed, I'm like, I can't use that. What if there's a time that I need it more? Or I also think if I use that, then I need to find time to make more emergency rice. And I don't have time for that. Exactly. I 100% understand your feelings, Leanne. So how have you been doing with your meditation and reading? Ha, ha, ha. 
meditation has been an epic fail. I don't think I meditated all summer, which is terrible because I was really good about it, especially January, February. And then I was kind of good in the spring. We completely fell off the wagon in the summer. And I think part of that I did mention in our last quarter in review where I started exercising first thing. And that was the time that I used to meditate. And so I just never found a new time to slot it in, which any tips for people who want to start new habits from my experience is it's very important to set a time that you're going to do something because it makes it so much easier because you're like, oh, I just woke up. Now I'm going to work out. And then the problem became, when do I meditate now? Because I was trying to look for the perfect time to do it. And so I just never found that. So that is my goal for the next quarter is to get back on that because I think it helps you. I don't know much of the science behind it, but I think it does help you I guess make it easier to put things into perspective and make you a little more resilient if you are getting stressed or frustrated or upset about something. And so I think that would be something good to implement for the fall. So I'm hoping I can find a time. I think that that's a good point. And I think that it's very true. Like you said, when you find a new habit that you want to incorporate, be mindful of when you're doing it. Because if you are having it take the spot of something that you used to do, it will likely take over that habit's time. And for me, I could get up even earlier and do meditation too, but I'm kind of, this was when I was working, but I was thinking, I'm already getting up at six. I am not getting up any earlier. That is fair. That is fair. I say, as tomorrow, I'm going to get up at five to work out and then shower and then ride my bike to school. Oh, well. (laughs) Honestly, I feel like if that works and you go to bed earlier than it works for you, which honestly, part of me thinking maybe I should just do that because I don't know about you, but I never thought of myself as a morning person until like, I don't know, a few years ago or whatever, when I realized, oh, like once it hits like eight o'clock, I don't really feel like doing anything. Yeah. It's also like, it's kind of nice to have like the morning to yourself. The only thing I have to say is I always have to be careful if I'm working out, like if I'm jumping around to not stomp because I'm like, I am not trying to wake up my neighbors underneath me. That would not be a very nice thing to do. So I try to keep the jumping to a minimum. I completely agree though. It's nice to be up when other people aren't. I feel like that's why you have people who are like morning people or night people is because everybody, everybody to some extent wants some solitude, no matter how introverted or extroverted you are. Everybody wants some solitude at some point in the day. And to have like that moment like late at night or early in the morning when it's like you are the only one up is so nice. Yeah, so for the working out in the morning thing, I'm going to try it. I'm going to see how it goes because I understand that it may not be an everyday thing. Like it may be like a two times a week kind of deal. And then maybe if I have energy after the school day or if I, you know, am really sweaty from my bike ride home, maybe I'll just do a workout when I get home. I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes. But I think it is nice because then it's like I wake up and I'm like, all right, I'm already up. So I need to do it. It seems like we'll be waking up at the same time. So I can, I'll text you and say, hey, Kaylee, you working out? Good idea. I'll probably be in my bed scrolling through Instagram like, no, (laughs) I don't want to get up yet. Good luck to the both of us. Definitely. How is your reading going? So my reading's going really well. I actually finished 
at least two books. I honestly may have read more aside from like the ones that we're doing for our book clubs, but I just honestly cannot remember because my short-term memory is not so great. But I read Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom, which I thought the series was overall pretty good. I think there were definitely like some points at which I was like, okay, these characters are YA and they're a little extra, but it's because they're YA. But aside from that, it was pretty good. I actually finished one when I was going to California. And so I brought the book on the plane and then I didn't bring the second book because even though I was like over halfway through the first book, I was like, you know what? I'll be fine. I probably won't finish it. I finished the whole book on the way over. And then I was upset with myself because I had decided not to bring the second book and I could have read it on the way back. In your defense, when I travel, I always bring extra books and I never use them. See, so do I. And so I was like, Kaylee, don't do the thing where you bring the extra books and you don't read them. It's extra weight. You don't need it. But alas, here we are. Here's the thing, though. Now you're always going to bring the extra book because of that one time when you didn't and it failed you. I know. So I'm like, gosh, darn it. (laughs) But how is your reading going? I've done two and a half of the uh, book club books. We're, uh, you know, going to try and power through the rest of that. (laughs) But I don't think I've done too much reading outside. I have read an occasional New Yorker magazine of my mom's or two, which I feel like has this reading because those are pretty hefty articles. So I've done other reading, but not necessarily of novels or nonfiction books. I would like to do more of that in the fall, but I'm pretty sure with my schedule, we're just going to be sticking to our, our book club book. And if we can get those done, it'll be, I'll be proud of myself. I don't blame you. I think that, you know, you're going through a period of adjustment and you're going to be reading so much for law school anyway, that it's like, I feel like you don't need to pile extra novels on top of that. I was considering audiobooks, though. Ooh, audiobooks could be, that could be a move. I was thinking of doing audiobooks even for our book club books for this fall, only because Like you said, I'm going to be doing so much reading that even if I do want to read more, my eyes may not want to. And I thought that it might be something nice to listen to for half hour, 20 minutes or whatever before bed. Definitely. The only thing I have to say is I used to do that because like it relaxes you and then it kind of puts you to sleep. Uh, Just be very careful not to fall asleep with your earbuds in and your audiobook going because I did that with Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and then I woke up and the book was finished. I use the sleep timer most of the time, so we might be okay. That's a good call. But I got this book from the library. It's called The Rune of Kings by Jen Lyons. They had, I think, the newest one in the series on display for being like a new book. And I was like reading the the flap of the cover and it sounded really good. I think it was like kind of like a fantasy book, which I've kind of been on a fantasy book kick lately. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to try out a fantasy book in like adult fiction or I should say fiction written for adults. Not like, not like, you know what I mean? Not like inappropriate, you know what I mean. But it's like when I was suggesting podcast titles and I said adult friendships. Yes, but like books written for adults. It's a fantasy book, but written for people who are like not a teenager any longer. (laughs) And so I was like, well, maybe I'll try this and maybe this will be like a good transition into like more books that are catered towards an adult audience rather than a teenage audience. Because I feel like 
I really like YA books, but also at the same time, sometimes they annoy me because the things are just so extra. So I don't know. We'll see if it's good. Uh, Did you have a favorite book that we read from our books this quarter? So I was trying to think of that when I was filling out our outline. And what I wrote was, these violent delights, question mark. (laughs) So I think my thinking behind that was... As much as it was fun to reminisce about Twilight, I couldn't really say that's my favorite book because it kind of wasn't. It was just more the nostalgia part that was fun. And then I was like, I liked Lot, but I didn't love Lot. And so then I was like, well, I guess that leaves these violent delights. See, it's interesting that you say that because I was like, well, I guess I would pick Lot or Midnight Sun, aka Twilight from Edward's perspective. Um, I don't know. There was just something about these violent delights that I just didn't like. However, I'm also like, I would read the next book, but I also didn't like it, but I did like it, but I, I didn't. I had very conflicting feelings about it. So I felt like I couldn't pick these violent delights for that reason. And like you said, I feel like Midnight Sun and Twilight was nice for like the, the nostalgia aspect. Not necessarily that the book was great, but for the nostalgia. So I guess I'd have to say Lot by Brian Washington because it was an interesting read. Was it something that I feel like I would have picked out normally? No, but it was an interesting read. Regarding Lot, I enjoyed reading it, but I found myself like, you know, when you read a book and you're sitting there and the chapter ends, you're like, well, now I have to read the next one just to see what happens. I got more of that feeling when I was reading These Violent Delights than I did Lot, which might be because if you listen to that episode, both of us spent the first part of that book very confused. So that may have been part of it, but I don't know. Maybe it was just that these books for the summer quarter, I think in terms of, I don't know. I feel like this is hard. We have a first on Zillennials podcast. We're having a very hard time picking our favorite book. So that means that you should just go and read all three and tell us which one that you like best. Do you have any other favorites of the quarter for podcasts, TV shows, etc.? One podcast that I started listening to this quarter, and I, because I've addressed this before, I have this thing where I go back to the first one and then go through, which sometimes if the show's been going for a while can kind of overwhelm me. So I've started to break that a little bit. But for this podcast, it's called Recipe Club, and it's hosted by Dave Chang and Chris Yang, and then they have a rotating guest, and each person picks a recipe, and then it's either based on a certain ingredient or an actual recipe for something and then they talk about it and I love that show so much I powered through all of them they're on a break right now and it makes me very sad and I liked it so much that it inspired a series that we're gonna be starting that kind of spins off it where we do something kind of similar where we're gonna each cook recipes and talk about them and I think it's gonna be really fun definitely Leon. I have a secret to tell you on air Ooh. I made one of the two recipes for our recipe club inspired episode today. Ooh, don't tell me anything. Okay, I can't tell you how it went. So if you are interested to hear how it went, you should definitely tune in to that podcast once it's released, which it should be released later in the fall. The heat wave is ending, so I can finally turn on the oven again. So I am also hoping to make one. I was going to make it today, but still a little too hot. So I think I might make it tomorrow. Yeah, I just said heck with it. I was like, I'm going to be starting school and I'm not going to do it 
because I'll be too lazy when I have school. And so I was like, okay, I better just do it today. My motivation is I bought the ingredients and I don't want them to go bad because I feel like one thing as an adult that you start thinking in terms of groceries is if I bought it, I am going to use it. That is very true. Incredibly so. It can also be kind of a negative because if you make something and it doesn't taste very good, you also think, I am going to eat this because I paid for it. Exactly. What's one of your favorites for the quarter? So one of my favorites for the quarter, I'm actually going to say an episode favorite from our podcast. My favorite episode this quarter, I think, would have to be the guest episode with Brian on space. So if you're somebody who has interest in space but knows nothing, like myself, I would highly recommend this podcast because we chat with Brian, who is much more knowledgeable about space, and he tells us a little bit about space. We crack a few jokes here and there. It's definitely a fun one. I like that one too, just because I love when we record with a guest. I feel like it spices it up, and I think our hot takes in that one were particularly good. (laughs) Yeah, there's some cookie hot takes in case you uh, are curious. I don't know. I think for me, in terms of our our episodes, it's either got to be the study abroad one because of the nostalgia and it was just such a good time to talk about it. And also the travel bucket list one because it was just so fun to talk about where we want to go and where we've been and how maybe someday in the future we can go places again. Agreed. Oh my gosh. I loved those two episodes. I think those were also like some of my favorites. Do you have any other random favorites you want to share? Well, this one kind of relates to the books that I read. So the books that I read, I read the book Six of Crows. I can't remember who it's by, and I can't see all the way across the room because my contacts are not not that great, aka my eyes are not that great. My contacts, I'm sure, are fine. So if you are looking for a good TV series to watch, Shadow and Bone is a really good one. It has some of the characters from Six of Crows, and it's like kind of a fantasy-type vibe. But I really enjoyed that TV series. I thought it was very, I don't even know if like fun is the right word because it wasn't always necessarily fun, but it was just a good watch. What about for you? First, where do people watch that? Uh, you can watch it on Netflix. I don't know if it's on any other platforms, but it's for sure on Netflix. It's okay. I have Netflix. In terms of random, I know Kyle and I have been watching a lot of Sugar Rush on Netflix. And A- I love a good baking cooking competition show, but also every time I watch it, I come out of it just wanting to make cupcakes because the first thing that they do every time is make cupcakes and it just makes me want to make cupcakes really bad. But then also I have this thing that whenever I bake, I always start regretting why I'm baking. I'm like, why am I doing this? I don't really like it that much. But then whenever I watch people bake, it makes me want to do it. See, I don't know. I definitely feel what you mean about seeing other people doing it and wanting to do it it's kind of like I don't know it kind of reminds me of like if you see other people running or other people drawing and you're like oh my gosh that looks so fun I must try this but then like you do it and you're like oh was it actually that fun I think that's what it is is at least for me I kind of build it up because the thing looks so pretty or like that it sounds like it tastes really good and I'm like oh this whole thing will be super fun. And then I think about it. And really, I just like the end product when the thing is baked. I agree. And I think it's also like you look at it and you get so excited, like you said, because they make it so beautiful. And I feel like that's the fun part of baking is the decorating, not necessarily the baking itself. 
But also for me, I feel like with the decorating, I I mean, honestly, I haven't tried anything that complex to make. I mainly just would make like cookies or if I made a cupcake, it would just be like put some frosting on top, nothing fancy. But I feel like in terms of decorating, I feel like my stuff would end up more like nailed it. Oh my gosh. I feel that way for myself as well. I mean, I can try to make things look fancy, but they kind of just look, eh, you tried. <laughs> I think that's pretty much everything we had. Did you have anything you wanted to add? No, I think that was a great note to end it on. I think talking about some of our favorites from this quarter was perfect. So our next book club is going to be The Codebreaker by Walter Isaacson, which will be dropping on September 6th, a.k.a next monday so you should definitely feel free to tune in check it out and learn a little bit about crispr and gene editing we hope you enjoyed our discussion on the summer 2021 quarter in review we'd love to hear any of your highlights or challenges or even your favorites from the quarter if you have anything you would like to share feel free to send us an email a dm on instagram or put your thoughts in the discord discussion channel and don't forget to rate selenium's podcast on apple podcasts you can find us at Zillennials Podcast on Instagram or email us at zillennialspodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to hit the subscribe button and stay a while. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.